Welcome to Diane's Journal. This is where we record all of the amazing things God has taught us about Himself because God's Word is good and we can read it, love it, and understand it. Today we're talking about something that can be kind of sensitive and highly individual. Today we are talking about special needs individuals and their caregivers. The goal of this episode is to let people with a disability and those who are close to special needs feel seen because you are valuable and worth getting to know. So when I was writing down and scheduling all of the topics for season one of the podcast, special needs came up very quickly. I'm going to very briefly define a few of today's terms and give some statistics that I believe are relevant to today's topic. A special needs individual basically is someone who needs help that others don't. The term is used more with children who need special educational requirements within the school system. Through some research, I came across a study that basically called the euphemism a negative term because the term brings up images of developmental disabilities such as an intellectual disability, autism, and Down syndrome. The word that the study favored was disability because it was more inclusive and it also includes sensory issues and mobility problems. Given these definitions, I am personally very close to both a special needs individual and a disabled person. I am the primary curatrix of someone with an intellectual disability and am very close to a person who is legally blind. And I'm not alone. In 2011, a survey showed that nearly one out of seven people on Earth is disabled. The most common disability for people under age 60 is depression, followed by hearing and visual problems. Another study said 61 million adults in the U.S. live with a disability, and that's one in four people. More than half of families affected by special needs refuse to attend any church activity, or caregivers expect to have to stay with the individual in order for them to participate because of a lack of support. So with all of that said... I have experienced this when it comes to churches personally. Because I come from a special needs family, we have had to actually leave churches just because there was nothing for them there. There was no, they were not being ministered to. And so the fact that there's so many people who refuse to attend a church service because of this, this is a problem for all of us. Now, if you have also experienced this, I understand what it feels like. I know what it means to be not welcome or just passive aggressively, like, why are you here? And I also understand, like, when you try to start a special needs group within a church, how you can feel so turned down and so rejected by church leadership, because frankly, there are a lot of issues that you need to be aware of when running this sort of thing. But when you're needing this, it's so discouraging when no one wants to care. Jesus cares. Jesus has always cared. God has always cared about our hang-ups, our issues, and our disabilities. For today's two passages, I was going to do like this really great study in John 9, and I'm only going to read a little bit to you because the point that Jesus wants to illustrate here is that you can be blind but still see perfectly. So I'm just going to read a little bit of John 9, starting off in verse 1. As he went along, that he being Jesus, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. 
but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Now I'm going to stop right here, because the rest of the chapter is all about the same guy and the same situation. So Jesus does actually heal this man from his disability. But I'd like to point something out. The point of this entire chapter is not this guy's healing, it's this guy's salvation. And the Pharisees finally trying to get an understanding of salvation, and they miss it. I live with a blind person, so I understand firsthand that when I want the lights down low because I'm ready, getting ready to go to bed, he wants the lights on bright because he needs just to be able to see around. Like, he can't handle low light. To him, low light is normal light. And so you have to understand, Jesus is contrasting this man's physical blindness and how Jesus is the light. Jesus heals the man of his physical blindness so he could see him, and then later he can be saved. But the Pharisees, they see just fine, but they can't sense his light. So that's the main purpose of this guy's blindness. Now, he was healed from it, but you have to realize that there's many people in the Bible that have some kind of physical disability that aren't healed. So I am the primary curatrix of a special needs individual. This is not really talked about very much, but in the United States, there's a legal system that is made to protect people who are not able to basically be an adult by themselves. So there's this thing called a curator or a curatrix, which is the feminine form. You have to show evidence that this person needs help because there's way too many ways that this can be abused. And so when you have to stand in a courtroom and testify that this person is incapable, it breaks your heart. Growing up, I had two prayers. One of them I have stopped praying. God, would you fix her? What I came to realize even later, they didn't need fixing. Is that God created them to be that way. It was not my job to understand it. It was my job to be there and to be her person. I am under legal oath that I will do everything I possibly can to be right by this person and to help this person and to care for this person. And I'm going to be honest, that day where, where I was my curatrix is a terrible day. Because you don't want to go in front of all these people, let alone a legal process, where you're literally taking the witness stand saying that they're not capable. That feels so wrong because every fiber of my being wants to be like, no, this person was made in the image of God and they have a purpose. There's a plan in place for their life and I'm only a small part of it. And so let's just acknowledge that God is good, but here on earth, things still hurt there are always going to be questions. There are always going to be things that make you uncomfortable. In light of this topic, you know, I was praying and I was searching for just a little bit of answers, even for my own sake, of what's a good passage to think of. I came across this psalm I've read many times, and it's Psalm 121. Psalm 121 is in the Psalm of Ascent, and that's step two. And this is what it says. It's only eight verses. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip, and he watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you 
and the Lord is your shade in your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. And the Lord will keep you from all harm, and he will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. So if we just break down this psalm line by line, and let's just remember some of the truth about God, because if we just listen to our circumstances, we're not going to learn anything positive. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Now remember, this is a psalm of ascent, right? They're going up to Jerusalem. They were actually climbing a mountain as they were singing the song. Jerusalem sits in a valley, so you can see there's many mountains around Jerusalem, and so they were looking up at these gorgeous mountains. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? Well, we know immediately by the next line, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So what does, where does my help come from have to do with a mountain? I lift my eyes up to the mountains and I see this big thing. Where does my help come from? The person who made the big thing and all of the other mountains that I see. So a lot of times we can feel insignificant just because of our circumstances and because of our problems and the things that we see and we think, what am I even doing? But you have to remember, where does your help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He, the maker of heaven and earth, will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Anybody who's ever fell anywhere knows that it hurts. But the next thing that we learn is that he who watches over you will not slumber. That is such a weird thing. Until you realize that all of us spend at least a third of our life sleeping. None of us can function without our need for sleep. Sleeping and resting is one of God's commandments to us. It's a part of our healthy function, but why? It's because a reminder that God doesn't need sleep. You think you're so powerful, but yet you still spend how many hours a day completely defenseless, but yet God doesn't need to sleep, so he's watching over you. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Now verse 5, the Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. Verse 5 is our third time we've seen the Lord watches over you. Remember, who's the Lord? The maker of heaven and earth, the one who made the mountains. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord being your shade, your comfort, your protection. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. In verse 7, we get the next Lord watches over you. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. He will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. That's six times in eight verses God is going to watch you. What is he watching over you to do to protect you? And so now you have to ask yourself, well, if God's protecting me, then how come bad things can still happen to me? How come I can still be hurt? How come I can still lose my job? And all of these things is not because God isn't watching you. God allows you to go through things to bring glory to himself and to bring people closer to Him. And so if you are suffering with some type of situation 
whether you need help, whether it's through a physical disability, a mental disability, or just a crappy circumstance, God is still there. He's still watching you, and He's still out to protect you. A lot of times when we're dealing with disabilities and people don't have them, it's really scary because you're afraid you're going to do something wrong. Let's just take the burden off right now. The fact that you're going to acknowledge them and be friendly is going to put you at a higher place than people who just avoid you in the hallway. Does not, that does not mean you have to immediately become best friends with people, but you don't know the type of joy that you can speak into someone's life with just a kind word on your way to something. There's nothing wrong with not understanding. What's wrong is when you don't try to understand. There is a God who is a maker of the heaven and earth, and he is out to protect people because he loves them, and he's created them. It's very scary for anybody to talk about God's still good and then bring up a disability because it's like there are some very genuine questions of why would God allow that? If God's so good, why would he care? Why would he do that? You have to remember that for Christians, life on earth is as close to hell as you'll ever get. But people who are living through things, who are living in terrible situations, they themselves still need grace. They themselves still need Jesus. And if they don't know that, who better to tell them than someone who does? Remember, every good and perfect gift comes from God. I never thought that my mother having breast cancer when I was 14 and having to be her primary caretaker would have been a good gift, but it was. Unapologetically, that's probably one of the best things that ever happened to me. Because it forced me to finally realized who God is for me and in my life. And so for some people who already do know who God is in their everyday circumstances, what if you are the missionary that somebody else needs to see? So as we end today, I'm going to read the psalm just over one more time. Just read it over you. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. Thank you for listening to Diane's Journal. If you were impacted by today's episode, please leave a review on your podcasting app. To connect with me, you can follow me on Instagram at dianes.journal, or for more resources, go to dianesjournal.com. And always remember that God's Word is good, so you can read it, love it, and understand it. Talk to you soon.